very excited that the time has come in our service where we're going to celebrate the vow renewal for Gabriel and Tara. Are you guys ready? Do I, do I need to wait? Okay. Well, Gabe, you can actually come up here. Just like a wedding. <laughs> Here she comes. You can all even stand up as she walks down the aisle. Yeah, I should have thought about that. We have come together this morning. In honor of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through our weekly worship, but also today to recognize and celebrate the recommitment of Gabriel and Tara to each other before God in marriage. Lots of people see marriage as a last step in a loving relationship, but marriage, as we know if we are in one, is not the final step. It only marks the beginning of what you have intended and committed to as a couple, a long and fruitful life together. So I'm going to say a prayer and then we'll renew your vows. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of marriage, which is one way that you show us your love. We thank you for Gabriel and for Tara, for their commitment to each other and their commitment to you. We thank you for their marriage up to this point and we pray your great blessing on them fruitfulness in their lives, in their hearts, in ministry. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can face each other. Tara and Gabriel, you have shared the joys, the blessings, and the challenges of married life for 11 years. Congratulations. <laughs> Today, you are reaffirming your commitment to working together with Jesus Christ as your head to make your marriage grow and blossom in the years to come. As you do this here in the middle of your church family, you are also seeking God's blessing and Christ's presence in your marriage. Marriage is a beautiful and holy relationship created by God for the good of his human creatures. And as it's one symbol of his intent and desire to be intimately united with us. He meant for marriage to be one of the most beautiful joys as well as one of the highest responsibilities that he lovingly grants to his children. Christian marriage rests on the trust and devotion between husband and wife and upon God's grace. In this ceremony, renewing the vows you took to become husband and wife on your wedding day, you are showing us and the world that you are taking this gift and responsibility of marriage seriously. You are reaffirming your trust and devotion to each other, and you are reaffirming your dependence on God's grace to continue into this next season of your life together. Tara, you this day before God and God's people 
continue to give yourself to Gabriel, your husband, and live together all your days according to God's ordinance of holy marriage? Do you reaffirm your love for him, and will you love, honor, and cherish him in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, for richer or poorer, for better or for worse, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him as long as you both shall live? You this day before God and God's people continue to give yourself to Tara, your wife, and to live together all your days according to God's ordinance of holy marriage? Do you reaffirm your love for her, and will you love, honor, and cherish her in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, for richer or poorer, for better or for worse, and forsaking all others, be faithful to her? The scripture says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Therefore, if, any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or being conceived, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, but each of you to the interests of the others. Your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. On your wedding day, you exchange rings as a symbol of your never-ending love and commitment to each other. Rings serve as a reminder of your wedding vows and your commitment to living in unity, love, and happiness. At this time, it is appropriate to reaffirm the Join your hands together so that Gabriel's hand is on top. That's what it is. Gabriel, please repeat after me. Tara, I wear this ring, which you placed on my hand, as a symbol of my love and commitment to you. Tara, now put your hand on the top. after me. Gabriel, I wear this ring, which you placed on my hand, as a symbol of my love and commitment to you. Tara and Gabriel, you have now solemnly and joyfully recommitted yourselves to each other in holy marriage before God and these witnesses, renewing the promises and vows you made to each other on your wedding day. You have symbolized the renewal of the marriage union by the joining of hands, the taking of vows, and by the wearing of your wedding rings. You want to face the congregation? It is with pleasure that I conclude the ceremony of renewing the vows of marriage that joined you and binds you as husband and wife. Please celebrate this renewal of vows with a kiss. Congratulations. God bless you both. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this joyful day. Thank you for being with us, um, helping us to make it through the hard times, and celebrating with us in the joyful times. 
We ask that you will continue to help us celebrate you today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's kind of nice to switch it up here once in a while, right? <laughs> um, it was really exciting to celebrate Gabe and Tara's vow renewal and to very meaningful to have them make this recommitment before God and us. We're a relatively small group of people, but we are God's people and we are representing God. And um, this is a powerful thing to do in community. Sometimes when we are in a committed relationship, whether it's a marriage or committed in a church body or committed to even a, a strong friendship, um, it's important to have some kind of markers to help keep us going in our commitment, right? Um, if you're in a marriage, you know that marriages have their ups and downs, kind of like the song said. And, um, and sometimes it's easy to take the other person for granted or to get annoyed with each other or whatever. And so it's important to be intentional and take some time to um, kind of re-solidify that commitment um, it could be through a vow renewal like we saw this morning and like we're celebrating this morning. It could be through anniversary celebrations. It could even be taking time together on vacations or regular date nights or that kind of thing. But it's, it's important for a relationship to have things built in that maintain that relationship and kind of remind you what, why you're in this. I think... It's important to keep this idea in mind today as we think about this story of the transfiguration. Every time uh, Bernice comes back from the Bible study on Saturdays, they talk about the passage ahead of time, and she always says, I can't wait to see what you do with it. <laughs> and it's usually something different. I predict that today's is going to be even a little different different. Um, because I think there is something about this story that is related, maybe, to marriage. If we remember that if the Bible and the history of the world really is actually a big story that God is telling, where God is the main character, God is the hero, and he is trying to woo people, humans, back to himself into a love relationship with himself, kind of like a marriage. It's a love story. We've talked about this here before. Um, there's a, a writer, a Christian writer, who talks about this, and he actually goes so far as to say, God wants to marry us. That's how he sums up the message of the Bible. That might be a little weird. If you haven't thought about it in those terms before, you can kind of keep that in the back of your mind and mull it over for a while, and maybe we can talk about it again sometime. But um, marriage is an important symbol of the kind of intimacy that God wants to have with us. We, I want to say here, because I was single for a long time, and I know there are people here who are single, single people have equal value and significance in imaging the kingdom of God. Jesus was single his entire time here during his incarnation. That is another way that God expresses his kingdom, but... Marriage is still an important symbol, and we do need to look at it sometimes to when we want to think about how God wants to be that close to us. So let's recap where we've been briefly up to, until we get to this point of the story that Bernice read for us this morning. 
Jesus has been working really hard. He's been working hard through the entire Gospel of Matthew, but lately his miracles have become more symbolic of the fact that he's the Messiah. When I say symbolic, I don't mean they didn't happen. I mean they happened and they also symbolized some truth about who Jesus is and what his plan was for the world. So the, the stakes are getting higher, basically. Um, and as these miracles have been kind of ramping up and getting more significant, one of his best friends, last week we saw Peter, finally figured out, at least sort of, who Jesus is. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But at the same time, Jesus is still dealing with the fact that he's got some enemies, he's got some friends, neither of them really totally get it. And at the same time, while these two groups of people are not exactly, they're kind of getting it, but not quite getting who Jesus is and what the point of what he's doing is, at the same time, the reality of the fact that he's going to be tortured and he's going to die is becoming, is coming more and more into focus for him. It started with the beheading of his cousin John the Baptist, and every week we've been seeing that it's, it's starting to get closer and closer in front of his face. So, um, all of this stuff that he's been doing, everything he's been going through, is coming out of his genuine love for and commitment to his friends and also the whole world. But, just like in a marriage relationship or any worthwhile relationship, when the going gets tough, sometimes we need these reminders of what the point of it is and why we're doing this. We've seen that Jesus God, Jesus is God, but he became a human like us, and so he is subject to some of our weaknesses, like fatigue and hunger and um, even discouragement. And this story, I think, is kind of Jesus' reminder of why he's doing this. It's a chance for him to regroup. It's a reminder for himself of who he actually is. He's been living in our weakness for a while now and feeling it. And it's kind of a reminder, but you're also God, the beloved son of the father. And it is a little bit of a visual for his three best friends on earth, Peter, James, and John, of what's coming. He does, at the end of... At the end of the story, he tells these three guys, he's like, don't tell anybody about this until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Well, you can imagine, if they already don't understand what's going on, <laughs> the, the raised from the dead thing probably really makes no sense. But they, they do seem to understand that he's telling them, don't tell anybody about this until something else significant happens. Um, and I think why he told them not to tell anybody is because while it was important for them to understand, to get a glimpse of just who Jesus is, if they went and told everybody, everybody would try to make him the Messiah on some other terms, some empire terms, not the terms of the kingdom of God. And he doesn't want that to happen. If, if people had a clue just how much power he actually has, and just who he really is, things could go haywire. And he actually needs to go to the cross. We know this. 
He doesn't want anything to prevent the cross from happening, even though I gotta think he's not really looking forward to it. He is willing and going to go through the, with the cross because of who he is. He is our humble, self-sacrificing, loving God. He's going to go through with the cross because he loves us. And he's going to go through with the cross because of who we are becoming. There are lots of things we could say about this story. There, this story invites a ton of parallels with other parts of the Bible. We could talk about how when Moses spent time with God, his face shone, and Jesus' face is shining in this story. Or we could talk about Moses up on the mountain getting the law while the people are worshiping idols down on the bottom, and Jesus is up on the mountain by, while his other disciples, which are later in this chapter, we're not going to do a whole sermon on that, but... They're trying to cast out a demon, and they are not able to do it. We could talk about Elijah on a mountain proving that God is God to the Israelites after they've been worshiping a false god for a long time. We could talk about all those things, but I think for today, for our focus today and for what we've been talking about in our sermon series all along, the thing that we need to see from this story is all God has ever wanted is our hearts. And so, what we want to see here is a different parallel. Not one that ties with the Old Testament, but one that ties with something later in the New Testament that is connected to celebrating Gabe and Tara's vow renewal, and that is connected to this idea that we are living in a giant fairy tale love story. Jesus' transfiguration, his transformation into who he really is, for a second, so that his disciples could actually see it, is a hint at our transformation. So listen to this. In Matthew 17, our passage for today, from verses 2 to, verses two to 5, it says, There on the mountain, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's Jesus, right? Try to get that picture in your mind if you can. Now, listen to this passage. This is from Revelation 21. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came to me and said, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain, great and high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. 